and welcome to Legal Voices, Meritas' official podcast channel where we bring to you industry-related legal updates. In our latest series, Mario Torres, lawyer at Meritas member firm Brazo Seller and co-chair of Meritas' Latin America and Caribbean Cannabis Law Group, interviews lawyers from around the world to learn more about how each jurisdiction is handling cannabis and marijuana legalization. Before I hand it off to Mario, and for those of you who are new to Meritas, Meritas is an established global alliance of closely connected yet independent law firms that each offer a full range of high-quality, specialized legal services. We were built upon a rigorous system for monitoring and enhancing the quality of our member firms and have been connecting clients with carefully qualified business legal expertise in over 250 markets around the world since 1990. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of the Meritas Cannabis World Tour. Today we're speaking with Tammy Fishman, partner, and Ophir Goldstein, associate, from our affiliate in Israel, Gross Law Firm. Tammy and Ophir practice in the firm's life sciences group and have been following the developments in the cannabis industry closely. Tammy and Ophir, welcome. So I'm here today with uh, Tammy Fishman and Ophir Goldstein from our Meritas affiliate uh, in Israel. Tammy, Ophir, how are you guys doing? Great, great. Great. Happy, happy to be here. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation and, and helping show the, the breadth of Meritas' scope in, in this industry and the knowledge and expertise that we have. Um, I think it's great to, to have you guys on board because I, as I think I may know anecdotally, the um, Israel has been at the forefront of some of the medical research for, for decades, really. And so that really was important for me to, to get insight from, from the both of you because I'm looking to understand Given that uh, you guys were so far ahead of the curve many decades ago or years ago, where, where are things at today? What is the current state of legalization in your country? Okay, so I'll start. And I think we need to separate between medical cannabis and between you know, recreational cannabis. And, and there's a significant gap between the two. In Israel, the Ministry of Health established a division that is in charge of licensing medical cannabis. And there's a very detailed book um, that is called the Green Book that sets all the regulations. And using medical cannabis has been divided into five steps. Each company can operate only in one of these fields, right? So we have um, the, the, the growing and the manufacturing and the shipment and the sales, consumption are all separated into different categories. And for a company cannot be involved in, it can be involved in more than one step, but it needs its own permit for each part of, of uh, working in the can medical cannabis world. There are more than 100 companies right now that are involved in these different segments, medical cannabis. There's regulations about importing medical cannabis into Israel. There is a reform and, and, and Ophir will soon um, update and give some more color about exporting cannabis, which is the last chain, which is still uh, in, in progress. 
but I think a lot has been done and um, we see companies settling in. I, I do have to say it's all still new. So we still have a lot of questions that we have to pick up the phone and ask the regulators and it's all still being built and learned. The, the market is developing, the science is developing. And so the regulation is being updated. For instance, um, we have a regulation saying for which indication cannabis can be prescribed. A physician can't just prescribe it for any indication. So there's a list of indications. This list is being updated regularly based on the science and the research that is being conducted. And we slowly see more and more indications being added into this list. Again, I think that in the medical cannabis, we're doing pretty good. The regulations from the legal perspective are robust and companies have a feeling that they know what has to be done. Ophira, do you want to talk maybe a little bit about the export or anything else that I left out? Yeah, yeah. I would just say maybe to add that alongside with these steps in the uh, supply chain of medical from grow to sell, there is also regulation for research of me with medical cannabis, meaning any research that involves or use medical cannabis as part of the as part of the the research or the clinical research. So that that's also one more issue that is regulated in Israel. And if we need to talk a little bit maybe about export, so companies in Israel wanted to export to be able to export. And medical cannabis outside of Israel for a long time. It was it took a little bit of time for the Ministry of Health and all other uh, agencies to be able to produce and, and provide guidelines. It started not too long ago in October 2020. They issued a pilot program allowing for several specific uh, companies that deal with grow uh, grow medical can uh, cannabis for medical purposes to export uh, cannabis outside of Israel. And not too long afterwards, the DEACAR, which is the Israeli Medical Cannabis Agency within the Ministry of Health, published its regulation regarding export uh, medical cannabis, basically saying that if you want to export medical cannabis, you need to receive specific license for that. But one of the most maybe important requirements to do so is to ensure that there is enough there is sufficient quantities of, of cannabis to, to the Israeli market for stock. Like if there is enough, you can export, but first we need to look, look out for our patients. So I think that's just like in a nutshell regard uh, on, on import. No, and that, that makes uh, a, lot of, a lot of sense to, to have that, uh, the regulator having that control. And, and just following up on that, do they um, keep track of the um, amount produced, cultivated. Um, is, for example, here in Canada, there is a, a reporting system where you have to, uh, so, so the, the, the regulator here has a general sense of the amount of cannabis in, in the market or that's being produced. Is, is Israel the same or similar? I, I think so. There is no, there's no publication regarding the amount, but I think that their car is like, you keep yes. track on the amount. That they have a software that actually follows, you know, from the plant till the end product, you know, so they have, they, they keep track of how, how many plants were grown and how many end products you end up with. So, yes, and there is some kind of keeping track, but again, it's not something that 
there any public records or we, we, we have any visibility to. So, yes. And, and another question that I have stemming from, from the answer to the, to the question was, where, where do currently patients access their cannabis? I, like in, in Canada, it has to be online direct producer to patient. Um, in other jurisdictions, we've seen dispensaries, some pharmacies are, are doing it. So what is, if you're a patient in, in Israel, what are your options? Okay, so I'll, I'll be happy to answer it. So there's the old system which was changed and, and we'll talk about later, but the old system was a patient filed for a permit, his own license to go and purchase that um, approval. He, he used to submit it directly to the Ministry of Health. Once he got such an approval, there were certain um, companies that he was able to go and purchase. And actually patients liked it because there's still a differentiation, you know, between the product, the end product, and a different company, even if the concentration is the same and, and what's on the label is the same, there's, there was still a different effect. So they liked it that they were able to go and purchase their cannabis products from a specific company. That was the old system and, and it's still available. I mean, patients can still apply directed to the Ministry of Health, not go through a physician, but it's, I think it's a slower process. And another process is that there are physicians that have gone through a certain training course that was offered by the Ministry of Health, and they're authorized to prescribe medical cannabis just like any other medication, just like you can prescribe antibiotics or, or anything else. And then a patient goes with that restriction. There are either dispensaries that are solely for can medical cannabis products. There are companies that operate in pharmacies or dispensaries only for medical cannabis. And there are also certain pharmacies, even, you know, like, that have also other farm, like the, you'll find their cosmetics and, and like, that have a pharmacy that have a license to sell medical cannabis products there. But again, when you go with this description to the pharmacy, it's harder to say, I want, you know, I, I want this and this company's uh, product. Usually you get what's, what's there. So there was some criticism uh, from patients that were used to a certain product that they have to move to the system and then they don't know what they're gonna get. So I, I think there's still a balance between the two uh, regimes. I fear anything that else that I didn't no. cover or yeah. that's, that's basically basically the two ways to to purchase cannabis and medical cannabis. Medical, medical so cannabis. So we have a medical cannabis regime very clearly delineated from the recreational. What is the recreational regime if if any? Right. So, so where Israel is is going is to maybe not uh, allowing it, but decriminalizing it, saying so in 2019, the law was changed that, you know, you have th three strikes, self-use of uh, recreational cannabis. So the first two times that you're caught, you, you will only get fined for using it. And then the third time, it's already an offense. Um, but it's definitely not something that is permitted. I don't know. Oh, 
you know, how much the police is actually enforcing self-use. They are definitely, we see it almost daily on the news, that they are definitely enforcing uh, against the growers or, um, you know, the sellers. That That is something they're aiming uh, still to enforce and to catch. It's still, it's not legal. It's something that is often discussed can talk about, you know, when we reach the part of where we're headed, we can talk about that. There's a very strong lobby for decriminalizing cannabis use for recreational purposes, but um, it's still an illegal uh, to use it in Israel. And so, you know, before we talk about where where we're going, I'm I'm always curious to know how, how did Israel get to its current state. So as I, as you mentioned, there was an older regime. Did that older regime uh, accompany older rules, older legislation, gaps in legislation? What is, uh, you know, in, in, in a relative nutshell, because I know we could probably talk for hours about, about the, the path, but what is the path that, that Israel has taken uh, from a cannabis legalization or regulation point of view? And again, I know the, the medical is at the forefront because it's what's currently legislated and regulated. But what is that trajectory? What did, what did that look like, Tammy or, or Ophir? That'd be, that'd be really interesting to know. Yeah. So, so, so again, as, as we said before, cannabis is a dangerous drug and it used to be treated just like any other drug, right? Heroin or cocaine or anything else. Then I think as research progressed and it was made clear that Using cannabis for medical purposes can really help. A slowly a shift started in 1992. The first single permit, you know, for a single patient to use uh, cannabis for medical purposes was granted. And as I said before, there wasn't any clear legislation or regulation then. What you did was you sent uh, a fax to the Ministry of Health, and there was one physician there that he or she were supposed to, you know, review all these faxes and give the permit. And again, as research and also the mindsets of, of people changed, realizing this is a really, a, a, it's not, you know, a drug, it's, it's really something that can be um, used for medical purposes. As the shift started, then there were just uh, more and more faxes coming in. I remember visiting, you know, the Ministry of Health, and I think it was around 2015, and, and they showed me there the piles of faxes that came in daily. It was something that they couldn't handle. It was impossible to handle. And I think that's when, uh, around that time, really, they also started the reform. And the Ministry of Health had this idea of really putting all this detailed regulation, they started with regulation first, right? First we had the regulations and then slowly the industry came in after the regulation started. So it was very interesting um, to see how the regulation was there even before the industry accepted, it took the industry some time to accept it because they were used to these personal permits. There was a real debate about the exports. That was a real issue. It's still not finalized because there's always um, the scare that, you know, 
so long as as the growth and development is for the local market is still smaller amounts as well as a small country, that is something that can be controlled. Once the export is allowed, then the amounts are going to be significantly higher. That's expectation, and there's um, the scare of not being able to really um, monitor it and be on top of it. So I think that's where we started. Again, Ophir, I'm happy to hear your insights. Uh, well, I, I agree with everything you said. You know, just in April this month, this year, uh, there was more than 91,000 licenses active license so the, the demand is high and the ministry of health needed to change something because he couldn't he couldn't you know use sex and 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 hope that would be okay you know he needed he needed to change his approach and and ever since uh, 2016 he started this medicalization reform really aiming to to set specific standards pharmaceutical standards for medical cannabis, hoping to you would be able to, you know, to handle medical cannabis as, as any other prescription drug. That's that's the that's the intent. And and we have seen, and I'm curious if if this was part of it. Um, we've seen at least in Canada for sure, and I have seen in other countries or heard of. I haven't seen it personally, but advocacy groups, people that that really are strong lobbyists for patient rights. And for example, here in, in Canada, there were several groups in the you know, early 2000s and into the before legalization, so 2010 and onwards, that were really advocating strongly for, for mega medical access and, and increased medical access. Was, is that something that was present in, in Israel as well during this time that you, you went from the, the facts in model to, to, to where we are today? I think the answer is yes. You know, the, there was a lot of pressure, and you know, Tani said that the mindset was changing, and I think, I think, I think that's it. The, the mind, the mindset is changed from you know this illegal, dangerous drug to something that can be really useful to to to, very, to a lot of patients. You know, just there is a a policy that run for elections ever since the 90s called the uh, translated to green list you know lobbying for legislation uh, of, of, of cannabis you know that's almost more than 20 years ago uh, so there was there was a pressure from you know from the audience and I think that also the ongoing work of Professor Meshulam from the Hebrew University gave uh, a lot of uh, validity to this pressure. Because again, if it's in the beginning, it was, you know, the thought was that these are crazy people or stoned or whatever we all thought about uh, cannabis. It, it really gave, you know, the, the, the idea that cannabis is a serious thing. It gave a lot of validity to this, this work um, that was done. So I think that also helped a lot besides the lobbying. It's giving some real research um, into it. Yeah, it lended the, and we see that as well here and saw that like the lending that legitimacy to uh, the transition because it's one thing for patient groups to ask for and to demand it, um, but when you attach to it the, the credentialed, let's call it, um, and strongly researched 
uh, backing to it, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to argue against it. And, and, and so I think all those things kind of pull together at the same uh, moment in time, which leads me to where, where are things uh, go going in Israel, guys? Like we, we, you, you've mentioned a couple of things um, on the recreational side and potentially some changes. Are there any looming changes to legislation or is it just an, a more robust rollout of the current regulations? What do, what do you guys see if you had a crystal ball or if you know something already from things that have been tabled you know, for, for proposed legislations, what can we expect potentially over the next year or so um, for the industry in Israel? So, so this is a very good question. And I think the issue in Israel right now is that it's politically unstable. We're facing a fifth election in period of two years. And the fact that, you know, the inability to have a, really a government that really acts and really um, stabilized the, the whole market. It's now stable and, and every, again, we're having elections like every four to six months here. So we hear not as we had before, like the sidebar parties, we hear more legitimate, the, the major parties all talk about uh, legalizing cannabis. Um, it looks like it's going into the consensus, but Again, you need really an acting government, not just a government that's in transit the whole time to, to really enact these laws and make this change. So I think I think the public is ready and is waiting. I, I, I think the, the medical cannabis, I don't think there's going to be another major change. I think the reform is there. That we're going to have small tweaks, you know, as the market needs it. There will be approaches. I don't see... I think the big change that the public is waiting for is the recreational cannabis. I think as the world is moving towards there, it's going to be easier to make this change here in Israel. And, and we need um, the political side to start, you know, to be more stable. And, and then we will, we, we may see this change. So that's, that's my um, expectations for the future. Fear, any thoughts on that? No, I think, you know, in the last elections, there were a lot of, not really a lot of parties, of course, more than the liberal side, but, but not only from the liberal side, talked about and, you know, was in favor of legalization of cannabis, but again, it was promises and not actions, so it's really hard to tell what future lies. Well, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see until the next set of elections come, and it, it's, a, it's, a con, it's, a, it's a consistent theme um, that occurs where, when, when countries are, are, you know, you, you cannot detach it from the political. And uh, it's when, at, right. at least what happened in Canada, you had a majority government elected, not, in, not only, but in part had that mandate when they entered and had four years of runway to make it happen. And, and they did. And now I think it's just too tough to unwind it. So, um, and uh, yeah, so I think that, that um, you're, you guys are right. You make a great point that the political context needs to be stable in order to usher in a, a, a robust regime of, of new and fresh legislation. But that was really uh, great. I really appreciate your time, Tammy and Ophir. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe follow up with you towards the end of the year or early next and see, see what, uh, <laughs> what's in store then. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure Thanks. talking to you. Thanks.
We'd like to thank Tammy and Ophir for their time and their knowledge. That was very insightful. For more on their firm, please go to gkh-law.com. We look forward to speaking with them again soon. And again, I'm Mario Torres from Brazo Cellar Law in Ottawa, Canada. Have a great day. On behalf of Meritas, thank you for listening. Find this week's show notes and a variety of other free resources on the News and Insights section of the Meritas website, www.meritas.org. Be sure to join us next week to learn more about cannabis regulations around the globe. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day.